0: Hello, and welcome to CLAMP, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Morley Kurt, and joining me as always is the magnanimous Adam Mackey. Hello. And the gregarious Grant Alexander. Hello. It took me like... So many. While you guys were talking, the pre-show, I was just practicing the pronunciation of magnanimous, like ten times. <laughs> That's one of those words it. that like I only read, I never say out loud. What does it even mean? Uh, well, I can tell you exactly what it means. It means generous or forgiving, especially towards a rival or a less powerful person. Hmm. So you're welcome, <laughs> Adam.
1: Well, and what does gregarious mean?
0: Ah, uh, like social, social. Huh. I'll take it. And I, I thought I would made these groggy. The groggy Grant Alexander. Uh. <laughs> well, Grant, hopefully you weren't too groggy this week. Uh, what did you get up to?
1: Well, I even, so last week we, uh, I talked about how I didn't think I had enough time to finish my Because We Make uh, Enlighten Us challenge and I ended up finishing it. So that was really good. It got down to the wire and I uh, had to pull out the hair dryer to uh, speed up the drying process on the... Uh, I'd use some drywall putty or drywall mud. And uh, yeah, so I ended up finishing that. And that was... I got the pictures out on Monday, which made it... So I made the cutoff for the competition and then I worked all week editing the video. And I released the video today. Today's Friday. Earth. How close
0: were you to the 11:59 uh, p.m. deadline?
1: Oh, I wasn't that close. Okay. It was I was done uh I was done the night before. I just needed to take good pictures, which gotcha. turned out to be extremely difficult to do because the only lights in this room are the lights that I have. Like I needed to find different ways to take uh Pictures of a light. Taking pictures of a light is like one of the most difficult things to do, I think. Yeah,
0: you have to get creative. I feel like you have to, you can go a few different routes. I kind of went the route of trying not to show the whole thing completely. Um, what are you pointing to? Oh, a light pointing at the light. I see. I'm pointing at,
1: there's a, there's <laughs> behind me is a light and on top of the light is a clamp light because the, a single light ball wasn't sufficient.
0: You're not allowed to do that. Because clamp.
1: Oh. Yeah, it, well, I mean, so the it, pictures
0: look good. It looks solid.
1: It it was very, and it's even more difficult to try and get a square picture for Instagram of something that's very long and narrow. But uh,
0: yeah, it's sweet. You could uh, have you done any prop building before? Because I feel like this is a this is a pretty impressive project. I mean, did you even t- say for the listeners what it is that your light is?
1: I don't think I did it is a the front grill of a 1986 BMW uh, three series and I built the surround and built a custom like had to i don't know come up with ways of mounting the grill into the wood um, and I used uh curve bending to make it meet the uh, the same radius as the uh, the curves on the grills.
0: Sweet. Yeah, it looks so cool. I Actually, I was going to say, why didn't you put the BMW logo on it? But then I see that it's on top.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I was thinking like Mercedes where they're, they're popped up a bit, but I guess ah. that's not what the BMW does. That
1: That is not. So a funny thing about this build is that I spent, I want to say, five hours looking for the... I have like brand new hood and trunk emblems that I took off a car uh, that I... Sent to the scrapyard, um, so they were like brand new. They looked great. And one day, I put them on a piece of wood just to get them so that they wouldn't get all scratched up. And I put them somewhere. And I spent five hours. And I tore through my whole garage. I went through my basement. I went through my. I went through my bedroom, thinking, did I put them there? I called my friend and said, "Hey, did I give them to you as a present? Somehow, like, did I just say, hey?" you want some free you know fun things because they're mounted on a nice piece of wood um and i could not find them anywhere
0: so you ended up stealing one off another car right
1: no so i found a uh a, a wheel one like one that's supposed to go on the wheel and i just uh like ground it down until it worked so ground off all the parts that make it fit on a wheel and so it's not perfect but you can't even see it on the light for the most part Nice. As Morley pointed out,
2: <laughs> so do you plan on keeping the light? Like it's it's a permanent install.
1: Yes. So it may not stay here. Where yeah. right now it's in my office. Um, I actually kind of yeah. like it because I like it way better than the old light. Uh, but I'll probably put it out into the area that has the rest of the car stuff. It just there's no electrical outlet where I want it to go. Uh, probably like over my air yeah. hockey table or something. So I might just swap out the wiring to make it plug in.
0: Hmm. Sweet.
1: And, uh, could you put
2: a... Uh, what was that? I was going to say you could put a battery pack, but then, that'd could, just be annoying.
1: It would. but uh, And I also I took Jimmy Dresta's advice and I didn't show any wiring.
2: Nice. <laughs> well, I didn't finish the video, so I didn't see that far. <laughs>
1: well,
2: thanks. Not on purpose. My son woke up and took over the TV. Yeah,
1: it's all good. I only released it today, <laughs> so I get like you. You know, people have lives outside of uh, my my content creation <laughs> How dare uh, they? Yeah. How dare so, anyways, they? that was a really fun build, and I'm super pumped about it. And uh, and it's I don't know, just really cool to finally have something that kind of like was sitting in my brain, taking up space for at least four years. Has
2: uh, has. I really gotten, like it. And, yeah. Like. I think like you're definitely in the running. You you bounce bound to win something. <laughs> well, thank you. If there's burst. no
0: other. There's definitely no other entries like it. Yeah, like it, it is very unique, yeah. categorically.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's so many interesting, unique, like the way some like people took this challenge is not where I think anyone thought it was going to go. Like that chomp light of Jeff's is like awesome. Yeah. Like if I if my My son is ever into Mario. I'm totally ripping that off.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: So, uh, the other thing that happened this week is uh, I was invaded by the Beard X16. Um, So, he's a uh, a guy in the UK and he does these like little live streams, sometimes pre recorded, and sometimes he actually goes and like to the person's house. Pre COVID, he actually went to people's. Uh, workshops and invaded them
0: um, like kicked down then, the door and
1: yeah and pretty st- much yeah. No. he kind of looks like a viking so
2: <laughs> potentially that's what he did a lot of if he never even told anyone that he was going there just rocks up at some he- someone's house doesn't even let them know he knows their address
1: yeah <laughs> Uh, I see. I don't know how much like pre-planning was done. There wasn't much with me. It was like, are you available at this time? So I guess they, there was that. Cause it's kind of hard to dial someone in, <laughs> just like, send them a link and yeah. say, click on this and please. And then oops, <laughs> you're live. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was kind of cool. He has like a standard set of questions and, uh, yeah. So I answered them, gave everyone a little shop tour and you can check the YouTube video out on his, Channel just by searching the beard x one six.
0: I read oh. it as the beard times sixteen.
1: So I actually had a conversation this with or. him about that, and I asked him, "Should I call you that or not?" And he said he likes to be called the beard x one six. And then I asked him, "Why did how did that name come about?" And he said, "It's because when I first put in you my you know YouTube videos a long time ago, everything I did I sped it
0: up sixteen times." Nice. <laughs> So it's why totally not why te- not do time sixteen? That makes way I, more sense.
2: I don't know. Yes, his name his name represents time sixteen, but he likes to be called
0: X 16 Hey. You know, X16 X 16 sounds more no. like Elon Musk's son. It has that like fighter jet sound. Yeah,
1: I think it it kind of sounds like a nineteen sixties fighter jet. Oh, did you you just said that? Crap!
0: <laughs> Get out of my head.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Like thank mm-hmm. you and have a nice day. Um I Do what I can, right? Uh, if you if people are following between our channels, uh, Morley stole my outro. But uh,
0: okay, I swear okay. to God, I never even like saw you do that before I did that the first time.
2: It's all good. It's funny Wait, because what? I missed something. Yeah. So is this in the late? Grant claims, in claims video, he okay.
0: has dibs on have a great or have a great day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And, got you, know, video, you didn't, you didn't
0: invent that
1: no I know I just think it's funny because I've said it in every single video since the that beginning is funny. And, and I I normally like like you never got to the end of someone's video but your video was really short this time and I was doing something else and at the end I, you know, I, when all the ads start popping up in your face that's usually when I click away yeah. um, and I didn't for this time and then wow. I heard that and I went oh you stole my. Elk. I
2: put I put a lot of effort into my end screen, and you just click off it.
1: Yeah, sorry. Um. <laughs> anyways, and then you told me you've been doing it for ten videos, and well, I've been doing it for fifty something. So take that. I, I, had, a, I
2: had a I had a
0: comeback, and I forgot the words. But I'll. I wish I had a cool outro. Yeah.
1: Well, just
2: I say the same thing every time, but now I'm just stuck with what I started with.
0: You can change. I mean, there's no reason to Because I can't think it. of
2: anything else. Oh, well. Yeah, but I can't think of anything. And it really, if I say something, someone would be like,
0: someone else says that. That's I don't fine. think you so.
2: Can... I don't think people will
0: really care that much.
1: I actually think it's really great that you start saying that because I really feel like that that's the positivity I wanted to put out in the world. So if yeah, someone that's... else is also putting it out there, that's double positivity.
0: Exactly. Lord or
1: potentially. What do you say? I say cheers and have a great day and I take a drink. And he said, "Yeah,
0: Thank I just you. said that like, yeah, yeah. Thanks for watching. Have a great day.' Anyways, oh. positivity is good. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, uh, and the last thing is, I received uh, my maker swap from Dead Rise Woodcraft, uh, and he made me a bottle opener that is shaped like a, a beer bottle and has the Land Shark logo on it. So I thought that was kind of cool because I uh, pretty much exclusively wear Land Shark T-shirts." Because they come free in the beer can cases. <laughs> do you have it on you? The, I don't. It's upstairs. I've I i do not mm-hmm. have it here. But there's uh you can watch the video. It's uh linked. Will do? Or check out uh Instagram, uh Dead Rise Woodcrafts. Um and then the last I went camping, it went well. There's not much to report. I went with my oh. yeah. I
2: was muted. <laughs> wait what were you saying I said, I said is that why you have so many land shark shirts i thought you actually went out and bought them all no they come- just love land that much
1: <laughs> no they come free in the uh in a case of beer so uh oh, i right. you know as you guys all know i drink too much so i had a lot of t-shirts <laughs> what i like about them is that because they're free i don't care about getting like glue or shit all over them yeah and uh yeah, so that's why I have so many Landshark shirts. I have I think twenty or thirty of them. And this year I only got like three because of COVID.
0: Nice. But, that's uh, your that's your shop uniform.
1: Yeah, it's my shop uniform. Um, yeah. And yeah, went camping. The weld held up and uh I think we were talking about me welding it last week. If we didn't, yeah. the trailer broke, I we welded it and It held up, and I made it, and made it back.
2: The world held up. I thought you said the world held up, like it didn't rain or something.
1: It didn't (laughs) rain either. It was a beautiful couple days. No, not many bugs. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, it's been nice. Bugs. There's one flying around my face right now. Oh, I can't get it. We can't. You probably just see me on camera just swatting things. (laughs) Trying to get this damn bug. muted, (laughs) swatting things. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was muted. Cause I was coughing.
0: All right. Well, uh, what, yeah, what, you, so what have I been doing? You asked. That is exactly what I was going
2: to ask. <laughs> so I didn't make my BWM challenge. I, um, I actually think it would have taken me like another month to really? finish it. And the th- see, here's the thing, right? I started on this. I've had this idea in my head for like a year, I started it for the purpose of the BWM challenge knowing that afterwards I'm not going to keep it. So now that I didn't make it, I just gave up. You just no don't way. care about finishing it. You know, like yeah, so I got the I got one of the legs into the form um or half of a leg. I had to do it in two halves. I had so much issue trying to get the bend that I needed and then the wood was taking so like it 2 days later the wood was still wet. Mm the plywood and I'm yeah. just like, there's no way I'm getting this done. I've still need, I took it out of the form two days after gluing it up. It literally just went straight back to being flat. Didn't even keep its form. So there's no way I was going to get it done. Um, I still have the base like completely glued up with the pole sticking out of it. So if I wanted to, I could probably do something with that. I might think about that and
0: just not do the, the legs that I wanted to do. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that might be so. a nice like blessing in disguise. Like if the leg, if it really seems like the leg design is not jiving, then like, and there's another part of it you like, then there's no reason you can't just like change gears and maybe make it something you're more into.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll see how I go. I didn't like. I didn't get the base exactly how I wanted it, but I'm still pretty happy with how it turned out. Um, but again, like a week later, it was still wet. Mm-hmm. I think only just now it's starting to finally fully dry is it really humid Um, there right now but uh not really it's really cold Mm. but um i don't know it's my first time doing bentwood lamination so like it's whole learning curve with all that for sure but yeah um hopefully just today's saturday so hopefully by monday i plan on recording um episode two of working for kids nice which um, I'm looking forward to. So I bought the, I talked about it, was it last week? Whatever it was, my recommendation was the scroll saw blades that the cut in any direction, the spiral ones. So I'm going to cut out a shape of a dinosaur and then just let my son go to town, cutting it into shape. So like turn it into like a little puzzle where it all just can fit in together. Um. So hopefully I get that done. I don't know when I, when I will, or hopefully I'll get it done before I go back to work next Thursday. And then get the video out the next week, maybe. Um, My mate gave me a 3D printer. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty exciting.
0: That's sick. That came out of nowhere. Um, He said...
2: Yeah, well, he's had it for ages. And I've always thought, like, I wish that I could just borrow... I sent him a message and said, oh, can I borrow your 3D printer? Because there's something I want to print. And he's like, well, it's not working. And I sent it to the tip. Are you serious? I would have taken that, like, no issues and tried to fix it. He's like, oh... Oh, his wife said it went to the tip. And then he goes, actually, I'm pretty sure I forgot to put it out. So, if you still have it, you can have it. And then he brought it, like, that night to the gym. Took it home. I haven't plugged... I plugged it in just to turn it on and see what brand it was, but I haven't actually plugged it into a computer yet. But um, he just said that, like, when it prints, it goes up to, like, the... Is it Z, Z or Z for you guys? the that is the up? Yeah. Like, the height? Yeah. So, apparently, that goes too fast. Hmm. But... To be honest, I don't think he really would have put that much like time into trying to adjust it properly and stuff. I think it didn't work and he sort of just gave up. Um, so he is hoping I can get it to work, but we'll see how it goes. Now, what's yeah, the
0: hopefully. tip? The dump. Where, it's tip? the and dump in North American English. Like the, yeah, the garbage I was dump.
1: Trying, I was trying to get him to explain
2: it. Oh, oh, oh the tip. <laughs> yeah, like the garbage dump. Okay.
1: It's just you know, I I'd never heard of that term. I got it from context, but I was trying to get you to <laughs> Yeah. You know, for people who I, When may you say what's the
2: tip, I thought you meant <laughs> like as in do you have a tip for us on how to do something? So yeah, what I mean. so getting the three D printer, trying to learn um Fusion three sixty. Wow, what a game changer. Like I feel like you could do so much with it, but going from SketchUp to Fusion, I feel like is a big... Um, if you started off with just Fusion 360, I think it would be a lot easier. But because I'm coming from SketchUp, I'm looking on Fusion going, where's this tool that I use
0: in SketchUp? This shouldn't be that hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like... The to- I mean, so the tools, are, are, the tools are all there, and- It's just that, like, yeah. how you get to them is different because the whole, like, the process is different. But it really, it's still yeah. the same... Ooh kind of like set of steps yeah yeah sort of
2: so say for instance um when you made your your lamp you made that little hole for the um like you made a hole for a screw to go in or you even did it on your on this week's video yeah you made like the little hole for where the screw would go so you need to you click the button to make the hole which like can make it perfect how you want it like with the countersink and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. you do that and then you've got to click on an edge and type in the measurement you want it from that edge click on the other edge and then type in the measurement you want from that edge no other in sketchup you'd grab the oh either or yeah yeah, okay Even, even still so like you put the hole there and then you move it like with that yeah, yeah, like so, you click on the edge, and how far you want it from that edge. With with SketchUp, you'd grab the tape measure, just measure down, measure across. That's where you want it to, where you want the center point to be. That's where you start the hole. Yeah, I mean, you the, know, so like, I am looking around, going, "Where the hell is the tape measure?" Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the, the, that's the great thing about Fusion is that like the hole knows it's a hole, and you can move that yeah. hole around if you realize it's, it's not the same same spot. You can use the timeline, go back in time, make a change, which will propagate through the entire design. And that is like, Ooh. I wish every that's, yeah. Awesome that's way past my skill level so far. But you'll realize, like, at a, <laughs> once you figure out what the timeline does. So for people that don't use fusion, essentially, like every step you do is saved in a timeline at the bottom, and it's like if you undo, yep. it will go to earlier steps. But you can what you can also do is you can click into that timeline. Say you drew a dimension at a certain point. You can click in, you can change that dimension, press enter, and then that change will propagate through the rest of the timeline in the design so it means that you can you can go back and change things and I I I just wish all software had this like I wish in paint.net for example like I could I could I don't know make a mask that knows it's a mask and if I move one thing the other things will move with it and everything is smart like that and it's yeah
2: it's 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 like um yeah
1: I think I think you're comparing to apples not just apples and oranges but you're comparing like Really, really good apples to, like, free oranges. (laughs) Because, like, I I know Fusion 360 is free now, but it didn't used to be, and Paint.net always was. But you're comparing – like, you should be comparing it with Photoshop, I think. Sure.
0: I've never used Photoshop, though.
1: Okay. (laughs) Because there's a lot – like, when I try and use Paint.net, because I've used – like, I used to use Photoshop a lot, but – I just got out of it and started using uh, MS Paint because it was good enough for what I was doing, um, but now that I'm trying to get back into it, like, like I find like, other than the clone tool, like nothing else works the way I want it to mm. in uh, in Paint because it's not smart,
2: right? Yeah, have it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the biggest issues I have with Fusion, and like not just that, but I knew. I had an idea of something I wanted to make and all I wanted to, I downloaded Fusion specifically to make this model, knowing that that's where I'm going to go forward, like instead of SketchUp from now on. But I had this idea of something I wanted to make and I just tried to make it. I didn't like, if I went and did a course or something first or watched some tutorials, then I probably would have made my life so much easier. Mm -hmm. But I'm more one of those people that would open up Fusion and then I'll do something. And then if I don't know how to do something, I will specifically go to YouTube and look up a video how to do that. Yeah. Instead of watching a course on how to make a box to begin with, then it would have probably been a lot easier. So, yep. so
0: here's the thing. Like, but I got I, where I wanted and I'm pretty happy with the model. I used to teach how to use design software. like at university. I taught, I taught students how to use AutoCAD. And I think like, you only, you're only going to really get the hang of a software once you have a project to do And then you do that project and that really like blows it wide open. But I think you do have to do a certain level, especially as at least with like 3d modeling softwares, you do have to do like a little bit of courses just so you know, like where things are and how the software thinks and how it's laid out and everything. Um, and it's
1: like, if you look on like YouTube, components and stuff like
0: that, yeah, like if you look at like, YouTube courses, like yeah. there'll be a series of like 30, 10 minute videos, and just doing like a couple of those a day or something will just make your life like so much less frustrating. And like, I'm totally with you. When I used AutoCAD a lot, I would just Google an issue and figure yeah. out. Like the, the forums online were incredible for that. And I would always tell students, like, if you can't really can't figure something out, just Google exactly what you want to do, and chances are someone has asked that exact same question on a forum. However. it doesn't really replace like learning the basics. I think that's still like super important. And it's just, it just makes your life like so much less frustrating.
1: So my first time using Google SketchUp, I did my entire house. And then I had my friend come over who's like used SketchUp a lot. And I did like, I did the basics of my entire house and I wanted to remodel it. And he came in and it was just like, it was like as if I'd drawn every single line separately and I drew everything but nothing was grouped as a component. So he went to go move stuff around Mm. and he was like, I can't move your walls the way you want me to (laughs) because you didn't, you didn't, you just, you just basically, instead of handing me a 3d model, you handed me a 2d like model that like you can rotate. Like it wasn't an actual. And the, the
2: problem is. Yeah. So the problem is with SketchUp is like, so you build a wall, triple click it, which selects the whole wall. Press Control G and that gives you a component. Yeah. You build that wall and don't make it a component, and then build an attaching wall. Then triple click. It selects all of it. You can't then go back and just make that one wall a component because it it selects
0: the other wall as well. I hate in Sketchup. You've got to do it
2: all in sections.
0: I hate in Sketchup how you can't really see where all the groups are. Like you have to like click a billion times and then the selecting shows you what the groups are. Like it's not immediately apparent. Whereas, like this is one of the least important advantages of fusion. But the nice thing in fusion is that it like at least it grays the things out that aren't in your component. And it's, it's very clear to see like what yeah. is and what isn't uh, That whole component accurate. thing. is new to me. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I could go back. So
2: like I made the design of what I want to print. I could go back and make that again in like 10 minutes. It took me a couple of hours yeah. cause I was learning, but go and make something else completely different. And it will take me a couple of hours again. Because I don't know how to do a lot of things, it taught me a lot to do that specific,
0: like, job for sure. Yeah, and that's those are super useful. And sometimes, like, if I if I do a whole design and realize like, I like I, I reach a point where I'm like, this isn't where I want to go. I do think it's better sometimes just start over because you know you've learned so much through all that that you're like I can do, restart yeah. and do this in ten minutes and everything will be set up nicely, all the relationships will be good, rather than trying to fix this shit storm that I've started.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, what else have I been working on? Oh, I've been modding my new truck, which has been fun. Pretty much just painting things. Nice. It's like anything that's black that's been like faded from the sun. I've just repainted black and I bought some uh, parts for it the other day, yesterday and stuff. And mm. yeah, been having fun with that. Go to paint the wheels this week sometime. And
0: um, yeah, that's about it. Going to get some spinners on there?
2: No, I'm just going to repaint the mags that are on the like the mags on st- the steel wheels.
1: So, yes. it's so funny that you mentioned spinners because my brother gave me for my birthday. It was the first time I've seen them since my birthday in June. He gave me some BMW center, like the centerpiece of a wheel. Oh uh, yeah, that stay. Uh, but they
2: like the Bentley.
1: Yeah, they stay upright. Yeah. And they also light up while you're driving.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bentley have that. They have the light up, but the Bentley has like in the, the center cap, it stays still. Yeah, it stays still and it lights up. So
0: yeah. I, I can't yeah. quite visualize what you're saying. So send a link while I'm talking. I'll, I'll click right. on it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Anything? Anything else, Adam? No, I'll leave the other thing for later. Sweet. All right. Well, this week, um, Grant, I feel like we're on the same wavelength this week. I kind of went camping. So um, my girlfriend, Eden, her family uh, was renting a cottage. They Actually, her parents are still there. They're there for like two weeks. Um, So we went up there last weekend. And with COVID and everything else, Eden and I stayed in a tent outside. So it was fun. It was like camping in a backyard. There was a little bit of rain, but that tent has weathered. Oh no! I'm gonna sneeze. Dang it! One second. <gasps> Excuse me. Sorry for not. Meeting. Oh, My God! <laughs> I tried to at least get away from the mic. <laughs> um, it was wonderful though. It was like it was so nice up there. We were near Peterborough, Grant. If you know where that is, just uh, two hours north of the city. About really nice cottage country, right on a lake. Yeah. Um, that would they be- had this. Sorry, Wait, it
1: would be so nice to have a cottage up there.
0: Yeah, it was. So we were there Saturday through like Tuesday. So Saturday and Sunday it was it was pretty busy because it's part of all the interconnected lakes up there. So a lot of boats and stuff going through. But it really quieted down on Monday. Um, There's some thunderstorms going through, but had nice bouts of sunshine. Played some croquet. Got my butt kicked at croquet. <laughs> um, that's what I get for not never playing golf. Um, they had this really cool, like stand-up paddleboard, but you pedal it like an elliptical. If you saw my stories last week, and I posted about that, and it was it was so sick, like you can motor in this thing. And I always felt like with stand-up paddleboards, like you can't really go very fast, but this thing is so efficient. Um,
1: it, I like I said in in response to your story, it looked fast, but you look like a giant dork using it. I that's oh, why yeah, I totally wear
0: it. <laughs> and I don't care at all. It was so fun that it just negates right. the dorkiness it's, of it.
1: It's like riding a moped. It's, you know, it's like they're, they're fun, but you look like an Id- Like you don't look, you don't look cool doing it, but driving hey, mate, a moped is fun.
0: You're talking to the guy who uh, rode his unicycle to middle school, so oh, <laughs> that'll tell you what it will. Oh, wow. So, you're, oh, you're, not you're that not guy.
1: You're that guy. Hold on.
2: Which, which <laughs> skill don't you have?
0: Well, I picked up a new one this week. So, Dude, I, yeah, you forgot to mention that he was juggling the whole way to school, too. Yeah, I never got good at juggling. I tried, I, I didn't have the, the the commitment to getting good at it. I only got like very mediocre at juggling. Like, are you part of that group at college, Molly, that plays hack sack? No, I was never got good at a
2: hacky sack either. No,
1: I played it, I was never good at it, though. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Uh, I, I didn't no,
1: smoke enough weed to, to really get good at it.
0: Yeah, you have to be at a certain level to really, but- to really excel. Um, yeah, but speaking of hobbies, I decided I want to learn to play the bass, the bass guitar. Um, so I found one on Facebook Marketplace. Slap it to bass. Slap it to bass. And uh, found that and an amp got a sick deal on it and have been doing that in the meantime these past few days. And it's been super fun. I have a bit i I know a bit of acoustic guitar, so that was like a very that kind of got me up to a certain level so it's fun I've just been like looking up bass lines from songs that I really love some Wolfpack, some some Anderson pack uh, I know how great. to
1: play uh guitar hero do you think that'll somehow make me good at bass guitar?
0: I'm sure it can't hurt like I'm sure it will uh, it'll at least start you out.
1: Yeah, the people that I know that are actually like really good at like the drums are actually good at uh, Guitar Hero. For some mm. reason, drums so, translates better.
0: Oh, that makes so much
2: sense. You got the yeah. rhythm down. Yeah, I was literally about to say if I could turn my camera and open the cupboard to my left, I have a full drum kit. Oh, I've really? been a drummer since
0: I've been a drummer for like twenty five years. So oh. I, re- I've kind of always. Like I grew up playing the piano. I played the piano from like since age six. I've always wanted um, to play piano. My dad, my dad has been a drummer forever and he has a drum kit. And I've never really learned how to play the drums, but I've always been like peripherally interested in it and played around a bit here and there. So I really want to learn the drums, Um, but I can't really do that in my current living situation. So the second I have a property where I can get have it. a soundproofed room or an outbuilding or something. No, get, just get an electric drum kit. That's what I got. I just don't have anywhere to put it. Anyways, I also want to learn the, the bass, so that mine's bath-
2: literally in a my, mine's literally in a
0: wardrobe. Okay, you know I won't and You be- shut the doors and it's gone. I will consider it, yeah. but I would rather have an analog kit.
2: Oh, me too, but I, I don't have the uh, capacity for that or the um, noise restraints.
0: Yeah. Anyways, that's been really fun. Um, I also needed somewhere to put it because I realized pretty quickly that we are low on floor space. So I was going to make a just like a plywood hanger for it to hang it on the wall, um, but decided to 3D print it instead. So I designed that in Fusion. And I originally was just going to make like a little Instagram video out of it. But once I started going through the design footage, I realized that like, eh, there's, there's not... I can't really cut this down comfortably into a minute long. Like there's too much here. Uh, so I just decided to make like a full, uh, YouTube video out of it, which I put out today.
1: Yeah. It was another one of your I no, so no much shocking. from your video.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like just yeah. follow up to the, um, the light fixture one. I was got really good resp- reception to that with really focusing on the, the design and fusion. So I was like, that's the story of this one. It's, it's really the design and then a quick print and just screwing it to the wall. Um, so yeah, that- I really picked the wrong week to um start
2: fusion because you weren't camping. Because I was asking for help in the Discord of yeah. <laughs> um like fusion and you literally in your video did exactly what I was trying to do. Uh, what was it? Which was like make a straight shape and then bend it. Yeah. Like you know how you made like the U shape and then like turned it into a hook? That's exactly what I was trying to do. Oh, and damn, I couldn't yeah I wasn't
0: was on the Discord the last week or so. I know. Yeah, so I I I guess I'll talk about that briefly. Um my original strategy with that was to literally make a pipe and bend it and then shape that. But the way that form manipulation works in Fusion, it's, um, it gets really janky really fast. So what I found a much better way is to actually draw the U-shaped profile as like a two-dimensional line and then sweep a profile along that, which you can also do in, in sculpting mode, not just like normal body manipulation mode. Pro- lots of people listening probably think I'm talking gibberish right now, but I promise it makes I, sense. <laughs> I don't even, I, I think you're talking gibberish. Um, yeah, but essentially sweeping, if, if, if you want a, a shape like that, a lot of times sweeping a profile along a path is a lot easier than making it like as you would in real life. So like literally bending an object. Yeah. Especially when you start playing with sym- symmetry and stuff. Um, I digress though. It was a fun project. My guitar, my bass guitar is now well out of the reach of our cat, which is like, was one of the goals. Grant, are you going to say something? Uh, Are you muted? I think Grant's muted.
1: Sorry, I muted myself. Uh, When you said that, (laughs) when you said it's out of the reach of the cat, I looked at it and went, I don't think you know what cats are capable of.
0: Yeah, it's out of her reasonable reach. So like I, I spend so much time with Penny. I know what she's interested in. <laughs> I, know, I know where she's confident. And uh, so this is actually, this is a little uh, aside. She has um, like a disability. Um, it's called cerebellar hypoplasia. So basically part of her brain is underdeveloped and she doesn't like, it essentially means that she has a little bit of like cat vertigo. She's not always so sure of herself on her feet. She tends to, like, claw her way up things instead of just jumping on them. She's, like – she's fully capable of jumping, but she just, like – she doesn't – her proprioception, like, her awareness of her limbs and of things around her is a little off sometimes. So, it essentially just makes her extra cute. She, like, lifts her feet up really high when she walks around. She's totally, like, normal, but she just – the way she moves, um, I don't think – She's going after it anytime soon. Oh, okay. it is. It is funny though. Like as she's growing up, she's slowly discovering new parts of our apartment. Like now, she realizes she can get on the coffee table and
1: right because that's when when you literally posted the picture, I was like, like I think that cat could just reach up and grab it. It didn't look. Or when you posted the video, I was like, yeah, it's,
0: it's not. Well, <laughs> okay, it's a okay. matter for interest. Like she has no interest in it when it's up right. there.
2: All I thought was it's out of my cat's reach, but when she jumps on it, it's just going to fall off the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty stuck in there, like the little divot in the middle. It's it's not really going anywhere fast.
1: No, I think it's more it'll break.
0: So yeah,
2: if you really like, uh, yanked because on I've been getting break. into three D printing, this interests me.
0: How um how full is the print? Like how much percent? It's a fifteen percent infill, and I was a little nervous. Really. I was thinking like – I was like, oh, I feel like this is on the lighter side. and So I, when I screwed into the wall and put it on, I was kind of like bracing myself. But it seems perfectly strong enough. I mean if you visualize – like it's essentially a tube, a bent tube that has a webbing on the yeah. inside. And the strength of a yeah. tube comes from it being a tube. Like it doesn't really have to be fully filled in to be for it to be strong. Um, and yeah. also the way it bends, it's um, – Anyways, my structural engineering education came in very handy for this. <laughs> I was like, "This should be fine." You can always print at one hundred percent fill if you want. It'll just take forever for something. I
2: know like- that was my next question. How long did that print take? That was six hours.
0: Oh my god! And that's Jesus. that's the
2: longest print I've done so far. Yeah, yeah that that hook that I um that I put in the Discord says it was going to take like. I think, I can't remember if it was either three or 13 hours. I'm pretty sure it was 13. I changed it. That's 20% infill. If I changed it to hundred percent, it was going to take like three days.
0: Yeah. So that that's like, that's, what- <laughs> that's one of the big things with 3d printing is like, and fusion together. It's, it's figuring out how to design things so that they're like, if you're doing designing for 3d printing, so it makes sense to be printed. Like when I was doing my light fixture for the yeah. because we make challenge, I showed in the video, but like the first one I make was like, basically a solid shade with holes cut out in it and printing it as a solid piece was going to take something like 36 hours. I was like, I guess I could do that, but yeah. I really don't want to. And like, there must be a better way. <laughs> um, I mean, six hours honestly was like nothing. I just, I started it. It's just leave it. i Yeah. I mean, I started in the morning. It was done by like the afternoon. and hmm.
1: Um, it, it's nice. Cause you have that, uh, that enclosure for it. So, yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's not going to get all dusty. It's not going to – like I see a lot of people have like, – like Vincent has his like three 3D printers just sitting like open. But they're obviously not in his shop. But if they were in his shop, they'd need to be in a nice enclosure like what you have.
0: Hmm. Yeah, If I ever re- get
1: one, that's where it would be.
0: I feel like the enclosure <laughs> like it, it, you just got to do it. It just makes it so much easier and, and, and they do make noise so it cuts down on the noise as well
2: um yeah. yeah well if i get this printer working it'll
0: just sit in this office they have some cool if you go on like pinterest there's some interesting hacks people have done where like you take a a simple ikea table you you buy two of like ikea coffee tables you set one on the other and then if you put plexiglass on the outside it's basically like a finished enclosure um yeah. for something if i,
2: like if I surrounded the bottom of a coffee table with plexiglass it'd probably cost me a thousand dollars fair i forgot where you lived
1: and especially right now right now plexiglass is
0: anyways yeah yeah Yeah, you think you think wood's expensive in australia you know it's insane it was when i went to so i built the enclosure like in the heart of covid it was expensive at home depot but i went to a plastic supplier and it was like very reasonable
2: oh yeah i I, i've got a plastic supplier that i go to and it's honestly pretty cheap yeah i i can
0: Never ever ever buy plexiglass at Home Depot to people who are listening, <laughs> it's oh. such a ripoff. Well, what if you only need a small bit? Yeah, I um, well, if you need a small bit, you should go to a plastic supplier so I, and they'll cut you a small bit, yeah, because mm-hmm. they, they might even just give you a scrap. <laughs> bit.
2: I went to uh, exactly the one I went to, yeah, yeah. Well, the one I went to, I got a meter by a meter off cut that they just was chucking out for five bucks. That's sick, which for those listening is about three foot by three
0: foot. Yeah. Like in the set shop, we, we always have scrap plexiglass. Like I could get so many pieces like much thicker than what I got for free. It's crazy. Like the stuff we throw out there, it's, 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 it stinks because you're like, Oh, I feel like this could get to so much use. But like you literally have to turn off your brain at a certain point because like it gets exhausting (laughs) having to think about every single thing you're throwing away when it's such a production level shop. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, be right, sh- go. I'll be sure to, like, at least think every time I throw something I was like, okay, can I use this? Is this make sense to keep? But, yeah. So,
2: Bunnings, which is Home Depot, you know, um, a three-foot by two-foot sheet, five millimeters thick. So, that would be a fifth?
0: A fifth of an inch?
2: No,
1: that, goes um, pretty
0: six, thick. Actually, no. That's, like, that's medium thick. Really? I think what I use for the enclosure no, might, is like... Maybe it's a tenth. Okay. We
1: we don't talk in tenths. No. We're talking sixteenths, eighths, quarters. Oh.
0: I use like two millimeter for the enclosure. Maybe three millimeter. I don't quite remember. <clears throat> yeah, three millimeter. So okay. so five millimeters, you know. Yeah.
2: So five millimeters, $66. For, for how big? Two foot by three foot sheet. That's honestly...
0: Two foot by three foot. Yeah, that's probably about what it would be at Home Depot here as well. It's insane. Yeah, it's stupid. but people buy it and uh anyway all the power to making that money
1: everything at home depot is expensive the wood at home depot is expensive if you were to go if you were building a house you don't buy it at home depot Mm -hmm. like all the custom home builders that i know they don't buy anything at home depot you know what's nice about home depot it's open at nine o'clock at night that's about the only thing that's nice about home depot Mm. and that's what you pay for you pay for long hours. You pay for convenience of having being able to to buy one board, and they don't care, right? Yeah. Like when you need one more two by four, you go to Home Depot. When you need twenty more two by fours, you you call up a supplier and you get them delivered.
2: Anyways. I think the thing with like Home Depot and Bunnings and that is more for like tradies, people who are like building a house for someone, and they don't care how much it costs. Because they're they're not
0: paying for it, so it's just.
1: I think well, they only they only go there for the the small stuff or that's the what stuff I was they say. need immediately.
0: Mm. I feel like tradespeople are usually going to home people yeah, yeah, if yeah. they need it's an emergency. They're like, we ran out of this, we need that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if it's a yeah. if it's a lump sum contract, they want to save as much money as they can so that they maximize their profit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. But- Anyways, last thing I did this week. Um,
1: Oh, we almost had a really good, like, segue there, but...
2: All right, well, we're talking about, talking about segues, but we're pretty much, like, 45 minutes into the yeah, episode we can, already. We can save this topic for another week. It's, uh, it's all right. Maybe we'll save the topic. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, Ryan and I did put out uh, another episode of Into the Spotlight this week. Uh, it was just the two of us, and we had a really... What I th- felt was a really good conversation about, like, just reflecting on the last five months and how living in a pandemic has impacted our creativity. Um, yeah. Ryan has, he, he moved from Toronto back to his hometown in Gaspe, which is on the East coast of Canada. He's like getting a nice reset there and it was good. It was a good, like, I feel like we've all been having these conversations about like um, how some being someone who making things um, the state of the world is definitely influencing our creativity and it was nice to like really take an, a solid hour to reflect on that so yeah you can find that on any podcast platform into the spotlight and we have other episodes too cool well we did actually have a topic for this week even though we're already like 45 minutes in um, I actually had the idea for this because of a tweet that Andy Pew, our boy uh, tagged me in And he referred to me as something that I hadn't really thought about as myself before, which is um, a maker with a relatively minimalist style. Um, And I thought this was kind of interesting. Like, I think when I look at my workspace and like how I like my life, I am a minimalist in some ways, but I don't really identify with like the whole minimalist aesthetic all the way. Um, So I thought it'd be like an interesting thing to talk about. Not just minimalism, but like minimalism versus maximalism because I know that like that's a re- also a really interesting duality as makers. Like you look at like Jimmy Duresta's shop. Like Jimmy Deresta is definitely a maximalist. You know, like I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it, which is –
1: Oh, that was what I was just pulling – I was going to say that exact quote.
0: <laughs> which is great and I think that's <laughs> that's like an awesome – mentality. We were, like, we were just talking about with Home Depot. It's It sucks if you have to go out and spend eight times the reasonable price on something to get a part that you need. And if you just have it on hand, it just makes your life so much easier. But the fact of the matter is for my setup, I just don't have the room to keep all this stuff on hand. And I don't like having all extra stuff I'm not using. In fact, I feel bad if I have things around me that I'm not using. It's like it's like when you're a little kid and you're you feel guilty that you're not giving your stuffed animals equal attention. I don't know if you guys ever felt that way as a kid. Yep. But I kind of feel that way. About somebody just once stuff. told me,
1: yeah, somebody once told me like it's just stuff. Don't feel guilty. And IKEA had a whole commercial about it. Um, and now I don't feel guilty, and now I just have a lot of stuff.
0: Wait, what's the I, IKEA commercial?
1: <laughs> where it's just a lamp. Have you not seen the lamp commercial? No. Where like there's a lamp and it's sitting out and it's raining and it's raining on this old lamp getting put out to the tip or whatever they say in Australia. Um it's out in the like waiting <laughs> to be picked up. And and it's like the IKEA Swedish guy saying with his accent going like this is like a lamp and it's whatever, it's sad and it's got sad music, and it's like, Do you feel sad for the lamp? Then it goes, Don't feel sad for the lamp, it's just a lamp anyways that's that wild is-
0: so were they are they're basically playing on their like mass production of furniture
1: oh i don't know if it if they ever thought it was that bad but it was like <laughs> it pretty just- much yeah
2: it just finishes the commercial with don't worry it's just a lamp
0: come to ikea and buy, buy new more one. and throw it away that is right. like a sad <laughs> <laughs> Uh anyways, do you guys I mean I don't know, do you guys feel like you're more on one end of the spectrum like minimalist versus maximalist and and how you live your lives? I feel like um it's not really that I'm a
2: minimalist, it's more that I take the easy route.
0: Hmm.
2: So maybe more of a lazy lazy person. If you know what I mean. What? So like yeah, I don't know.
1: That's interesting because I actually think it, that to be a minimalist, yeah. you need to not, you need to be the opposite of lazy. You need to yeah, think, I think about it everything. It takes a lot of
0: intentionality. Yeah. Because that's what, mm. that's why I feel like as someone, I guess, who lives a relatively minimalist life, I guess we'll say, um, I feel like I have to think very hard about like all the objects in my life and like not adding to the collection, like getting this base, for example, like I needed somewhere to put it and I didn't want to just get a store bought guitar stand up set on the ground because I'm like, okay, well where where's that gonna go? And that's gonna impact my life in all these different ways. Like it's just a constant mental catalog of of all the things I have around me. And that's kind of always how always how I've been. I've always felt very conscious of all the material things that I have. Like I have a I have a very good sense of what's in my fridge right now. I know exactly the food we have.
1: I know what's in my beer yeah, well, fridge, okay. But uh
0: <laughs> but you're a beer maximalist so does how that how does that work
1: yeah oh, that's an interesting i didn't used to be but now i am but okay i've never understood someone who goes to the beer store which is how you buy beer here uh and they buy one can
0: a single can what yeah that's there's something kind of you beautiful can buy just one can yeah <laughs> just right. a single drink
1: just a single like they'll get one tall can of 7.5 percent, and they're just saying they, that's what they buy and they leave and i just go i don't know that's not enough beer i don't
0: know a tall can of 7.5 percent that could that's a that could be a buzz depending on the person i guess i can't even justify buying like a six
2: pack if i'm going to buy a six pack i might as well just buy a case
1: and that's why you're a maximalist
2: <laughs> i think it depends on like what i'm thinking of, like what we're talking about like in my life i'm pretty minimalist um i don't really care about like new things like you know i don't want the world um but in my shop i do
1: yeah, Mr. you i know? have every everything needs, like tool out there
2: yeah i mean i want everything to have a place it doesn't because i'm lazy But, like, I want everything to have its spot. Everything, like, you know, like you said with the guitar, Molly, like, I get a new tool and I'm like, okay, where am I going to store this? It needs to have a certain spot to be stored. But then I just don't do it because I'm lazy.
1: Right. But I think, so I think there's, like, organized. You can be an organized uh, maximalist. Yeah, for sure. And you can be a disorganized minimalist. It just makes your life hard.
0: I think talking – like keeping it to makers, I would – like Adam Savage I feel like is the quintessential organized maximalist, mm. right? Mm. I mean just looking at a shop, like everything has its place, but there's tons of it.
1: Yeah. And then disorganized yeah. ma- maximalist is uh, Jimmy Dresta. Yeah. <laughs> although like, he- oh, <laughs> you, tr- you fell over an extra bandsaw. Oh, no. But
0: it- I mean, my grandpa was this I, way. I've like heard my grandpa's basement. It looks disorganized, but he knew where everything was.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm sure Duresta yeah. is similar. Like, I think I've heard him talk about well, Like he knows where you can find stuff.
2: I don't know if you guys have the same thing. I'm sure you would, but you know, you have things where you put them and then your wife moves them and you just can't find them because she puts them back where they go, but it's not where you put them. Yeah,
1: Right. And that's you what know, happens every time I put, that's that
2: that what thing. Jimmy, that's, that's how, how I imagine remember. Jimmy. Oh, yeah.
1: I put something on the kitchen table and it somehow finds it's a new home somewhere and yeah. (laughs) But, uh, so I've always like tiny houses are the like minimalist, uh, thing that I see a lot of. And I've really always thought like, like There's two things about tiny houses. One, people have been living in trailers for a long time, and we call them trailer trash, and we make fun of them. And then someone builds a tiny house, and we say, wow, that's amazing, you're so eco-conscious. And I just <laughs> think like that's a ridiculous thing. But then I go, like, the the ideas that come up with maximizing space by, be, by utilizing every little bit, I think are great. Like, <laughs> uh, I made a behind-the-door uh shelf and all the negative comments i got about it on uh, reddit were you don't put shelves behind the door i went so i just waste the space behind the door so that nothing goes there like why That's would where I not all my use clothes it? are in
0: my bedroom i built when i moved into this apartment i built shelves behind the door and it's great because you close the door and then you they, get to the they shelves.
2: literally they literally sell hooks that go on your
0: door, so you can. Wait, I'm sorry. What the was the person's with? reason for not putting shells <laughs> behind doors? I feel like it's right. a great use of space.
1: Right, I, the person was because it wasn't on the door; it was on the wall behind the door. So instead of being oh on the gosh. door, which is where everyone puts their stuff, I go like the, the. I don't know what the reasoning was. I went, oh well, thank you for your, like I just said something nice. I don't know, you know me. It's
2: try trying to something. The, nice the only thing. The only negative I can think of, and it comes down to like how you do it and the people that open the door, is like if you slam the door into it and it falls off the wall. But if you mount it properly and people don't slam the door open, then you're fine. It's funny. This
0: almost brings it back around to minimalism in a way because it's it's about just being conscious of your of your stuff. It's like if you mm. know in your head that there's a shelf behind that door and you think before you just wildly open the door, then- then you're good. And that's kind of what I feel like is the romantic version of minimalism. It's it's knowing every – like having a mental catalog of all your things so that you're just not acting like instinctually and without thought. Um, and, and, and you know that like that's where my clothes go and I know they go there and I'm going to think about that as I move from my space. And I'm not just buying a bunch of random stuff from Walmart and throwing it every which way and having no care for the things I have.
1: Right. I like that aspect of minimalism for sure. What I don't like is the it's midnight and there's no stores open, and I need a tool. (laughs) Right, that's where it's always gotten me is I've rented a tool, right, and then gone later and gone. I need that tool again, but it's midnight. Right, Mm -hmm. and what am I going to do? I'm going to wait till tomorrow. But I, the the big problem I have is, and why I I couldn't live a minimalist life. I don't operate on the same schedule as the rest of the world, right? Hmm. I could live a minimalist life, but so, like my my schedule doesn't work with the rest of the world, and I don't. When I need to get something done, like it's the only focus I have. I need right. to get that thing done. And if it's, I don't get it done, then it's, it's never a little never rough.
2: A little off topic, but on, on topic of what you're just saying. It's like when I used to I used to be a security guard and I would work night shift. So I'd start at like eight PM, finish at six AM or six PM, six AM. And like I'd be driving home and I'd stop into Maccas to get something to eat on the way home or whatever. And it and like back then they didn't do like the all day food. Like I don't know if you guys do, but like now, like they'll sell nuggets and chips like twenty four seven. Before they didn't. And I'm just like I get that, like you know, it's breakfast time, but I've been up all night. This is my dinner. <laughs> like, yeah. sell me food that's not breakfast, you know? Like, pe- like again, like with that whole like um, being on a different schedule to the world. I- I'm the same. I ha- I wish every store was twenty four seven. I I hate not being able to go to the store at midnight. <laughs> you know, I I sign on for work at two a.m. I want to go to the shop and buy tools. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know, but so that's yeah. why I'm more like. I'd rather have it and never use it than...
0: Yeah. And I'm sure, honestly, like if I had a bigger space, I'd love to fill it out with things that have a bit of leeway, you know, like not be so close to the end of my stock all the time, you know, which it's nice. I like having Mm -hmm. that. I like there's something that's really nice about that, that there's not a lot of extra fluff, Um, and maybe that means when I get, when I do get a larger shop, it will always be like a little sparse just because that's my personality. So wanting, wanting to always have stock on hand, would that be minimalist or maximalist? I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if always having stack on hand would make you not minimalist. I feel like that's a little like high minded. I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever,
2: whatever that is, like having to have stock, I'm, I'm that, but without the budget. So then you're because uh, I
1: love lull- yeah you're minimalist because of the budget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but here's something I can say for sure: is I get so much sat- so much satisfaction about getting stuff done with like the minimal amount of tools and and cheap tools. Like I love being able to do that um, yeah. and not having to like up my tool set for no reason. I think about it like with fishing, like if I can get a good fish with a cheap rod, it's like, oh, it's so you just feel like you've ducked the marketing. I Great. love so that feeling.
1: My friend just bought a like $600 reel.
0: Dang. Is it Orvis? It's
1: it's, it's electronic. Oh my god. It gosh. apparently adjusts like the drag as it's going out to keep it like going further somehow. And I just went. At what point are you not fishing? <laughs> right. I, that's what I didn't say that to him. But I just, I don't know. I just like I went. If you want to take me out I fishing mean, again, I don't I'll, want to go, be
0: that guy. No, but honestly, but, probably when you're yeah. not enjoying, if, if that's what gets him enjoyment, then awesome.
1: Right. Totally. But I just go like, yeah. I'm I'm more with you morally as I go. I've been this way for all my stuff. I use what I have. Like you talk about your bike. You have a cheap, well, a beater bike. You called it. Yeah. Like a bike that you're willing to beat, I have the bike I have from high school, like that's the bike I have. I'm going to use it until it breaks, or yeah. until I somehow mm. like get a cheap one that's slightly better, but I'm never going to be the person that has like I like to try and keep things as as long as I can, and I keep the reusing stuff and remaking and and repairing. I am I not a big one on throwing stuff out for no good reason.
2: Yeah, it's definitely me.
1: But at the same time, I kind of get like I also want to have everything. So I'm definitely not a minimalist, <laughs> I but I don't want to. I don't want to.
2: Yeah. In, in, I have two. Sorry, go on, Adam. Two Ryobi tools. I have two Ryobi tools down the shop that blew up that don't work but I just can't bring myself to throw them out. I have one that I never use because it doesn't work as well as I want it to. I think it just needs a new blade, but I won't throw it out. I bought a new one. I bought a, like, is a circular saw. It doesn't work as well as the one. I think it just needs a new blade. But I bought a new circular saw that's corded because I told myself that it's the cordless. It doesn't work well. But
0: I won't throw it out because one day I might want to use it. <laughs> so I think I think one of the things that makes it diff- this a ad- a difficult topic to kind of talk about in some ways is, Oh dang, I just kind of lost my train of thought. Give me a second. (laughs) Um, It's a matter of like, there's a lot wrapped up in like the term minimalism, right? There's like an artistic aesthetic. There's like what we have in our head as, as what minimalism is. And there's us all being like makers, which maybe there's like a buy it for life mentality, but I don't know how much that necessarily implies minimalism like i think those are almost two different things um i think there's there's definitely a relationship there but it's kind of hard to know exactly what it is and i i don't know just one of my problems with like minimalism i guess as i think of it as in in my head is that you could almost get to like too much attachment to the stuff because you're like i'm only gonna have this hammer and this razor and this coffee pot and uh this really good cast iron skillet and like these are all the things and it, it I feel like in a way you can get so attached to the things that you almost become more mere, more materialistic than a so-called maximalist. And right. so I think there's a little bit of danger there. Like it is nice to like have a bit of separation from your things. And that's always I guess in my outside view of minimalism as a philosophy that's been kind of my problem with it is like it doesn't have to be, you know, and like I don't know if you guys know that quote from Fight Club, but when Edward Norton is talking about like when his Um, when his apartment burns down and he was like that was going to be the coffee table I got that coffee table and I was good and that was it it's like I mean if you look at his apartment he's definitely not a minimalist he buys every single thing in Ikea but like you can get so wrapped up in like this is the perfect desk this is the perfect X that it gets I don't know it becomes more materialistic at a certain
1: point Right, I totally get what you're saying Mm. that's a this deep because I i get it it's now you're like stuck on like i need like x brand axe and that's the axe i'm gonna have for the rest of my life and i'm never gonna get another one Mm. and now you're like so broken that you're like that's the only one i can't do anything else
0: yeah and that's part of the reason why like well i'm a bit like that sorry going at him
2: i was i'm a bit like that with ryobi like all my every time i go to buy a new tool i'm like i want ryobi i don't know why but I think that there's definitely a big difference between minimalism, maximalism, and materialism.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um,
2: and I think we've we've been like talk- You could be a minimalist, but you could also be materialistic.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And I think we've been talking a lot about minimalism when we talk about our shop and our tools, but there's also in the design, right? Yeah. So I would say, like, a lot of your designs mm. haven't been minimalistic. Like, your carved leather belts... A minimalistic leather belt has no carvings on it, right? Like, yeah, 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 right. So there's that other aspect of it. So you live a minimalistic uh, existence and make like some really like maximalized. Uh, I don't know. That's probably not maximalized, but you intricate designed stuff that wouldn't be classified in the minimalist style at all.
0: Yeah, I'm sure but any I, anyone who identifies as a minimalist and is all bought into that is probably screaming at their screen right now, because I know that there is so much to, (laughs) to this philosophy that we're, we're just taking a, taking a gander at.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're, we're definitely like just scraping the surface of it, but it's kind of like, I really do like it's form over function and, and that kind of thing. And I really, I like function. Like if you look at my shop built, uh, like furniture, you can see. I I went complete function. There's zero form in it, and I think that's kind of a minimalist thing. But it's also there's a bit to it, like where you go. It still needs to have beauty, and if mm-hmm. you look at my shop furniture, it doesn't have beauty, so it's not in a minimalist design. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There's that whole part of it that I'm dragging us in a different direction. But
0: okay, well, maybe we should leave it there for this week. I think we might be able to evolve this into a uh, another topic for another episode, but I think that was a it brought up some interesting things. Um yeah. before, maybe how
1: about this? If people yes. are interested in hearing more about that, then they should uh let us know, contact us on any of the social media platforms. Yeah. And if you think that we spent too much time on this, let us know that too.
0: I only want to hear good things. You can tell Grant all the bad things. Uh, Before we jump into our Clamp Medations for this week, just want to give a big shout out to everyone who supports us on Patreon, especially Leroy at Big Rock Timberworks, who is our F-Clamp level supporter. Uh, Anyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to the after show and the pre-show if we decide to do one. Uh, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, so you should check it out. It's a lot of fun.
1: So on the on the the uh, makers on Zoom having cocktails, Leroy joined us, and we got to see his beautiful mustache.
0: Ah, oh, nice. Yes, yes. So, oh yeah, anyone you knows
1: Leroy? You should go comment on how beautiful his mustache is.
0: I, I saw it briefly when I popped in for like five yeah. minutes. It looks pretty magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, oh, also, huge shout out to uh, TF Turning for the theme music as i said before it's an absolute bop um just
2: quickly before you do move on like as much as we appreciate the patrons if you um if you can't support us or don't want to support us even just leaving a like rating or um sharing the podcast is a is a massive help and a good way to leave a review show us um sh- let us know that you you're liking the show and
0: i haven't done any accents in a few weeks so uh yes yeah, so missing- we need
2: some reviews <laughs>
0: Yeah, I got, I'm starting to go, uh, to lose my edge, my accent edge. <laughs> All right. Well, what is your clamp mandations this week, boys? I'll go first.
2: My, um, so I always try to do a clamp mandation that's relative to what I've done this week. Um, So, one of the biggest things I've been doing is, like, looking at mods for my car and and all that sort of stuff. And there's a channel that I have followed since they started 10 years ago. uh, 10? Yeah, 10 years ago called Mighty Car Mods. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but they're an Australian YouTube channel. They live, actually, not far from me, like, two hours away in Sydney. And um, their older videos, when they first started, were... All videos on on modding cars, like how to install an alarm and how to window tint your car, how to install a stereo, all that sort of stuff. Their latest stuff is, like, they're more of, like, a TV show now. It's, like, they buy a car and then they start, like, working on making it, like, a nice track car or something like that. Their older videos, I I find, are a lot um, a lot better in the sense of, like, they're actually trying to teach something and not just, like, here, look at what we're doing, like we do. <laughs> um but yeah, so if you haven't heard of them and you're into cars, definitely give them a look. I mean, they don't need my shout out, but like that's pretty much all I've been watching all week is, <laughs> is their old stuff, trying to find stuff I can put on my truck. Nice. Sweet,
0: sweet, sweet. All right, what about you, Grant?
1: Well, since we've been talking about minimalism, I'm going to recommend The Minimalist Woodworker. He's a Canadian woodworker named uh, Vic Teslin, um, and he's got a book so I'm going to, you know, recommend you go buy his book, but, uh, you can also follow him in on, uh, Instagram. He's also done a couple videos with, uh, Pat Lapp. So he's, uh, he, he's a good guy. Uh, and, uh, he, he was working for Lee Valley, but he's just recently switched and now he works for uh, busy bee. But, uh, anyways, great little book it uh he was uh the whole reason why he called himself the minimalist woodworker is he was in the military when you're in the military you get posted a lot so he uh he didn't want to have a giant shop full of tools to take with him everywhere so he really tried to focus in on what is the essential tools for building and uh that's what his book is subtitled so uh go check that out
0: that sounds awesome, and uh, unlike Grant and Adam, my clambudation has nothing to do with anything. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, my clambudation this week is a podcast episode from a podcast that I listen to from time to time. It's not a regular listen for me, but it's a it's an episode of the Art of Manliness. And I was scrolling through my recent podcasts today and saw this one. Uh, it's their most recent episode, six thirty seven. And it's an interview with Maria Konnikova, who wrote a book called "The Biggest Bluff: How I Learned to Pay Attention, Master Myself, and Win." And uh, the episode is the the podcast episode is what poker can teach you about luck, skill, and mastering yourself. So, ever since, uh, pretty much since the beginning of the pandemic, um, I. Adam. <laughs> Adam's just cracking up right now. We'll talk about that. Because I just saw one did, Yeah. Uh, I've been doing weekly poker Zoom poker nights with some friends from home. So uh mm. I saw this episode because I was like, oh, that could be an interesting listen. But it ended up being like an all-around, fantastic, like inspirational interview. So after that long-winded intro, all this to say that it's a it's a really interesting uh deep dive into like the how life is just such a mix of luck and skill, and how her, for her learning poker at such a level to make it into the world series of poker for this book really showed that. Um, I, I found it like especially poignant. Um, uh, oh, Adam just popped out.
1: Yeah, we, wow, this, we lost Adam, this is, Adam again. This
0: is like the new thing to happen at the end of the episode. <laughs> I right, do keep talking about this podcast. <laughs>
1: um, oh my God, I hope it doesn't screw up the recording again.
0: I think okay. no, it's okay. I just right. feel like um okay, Anyone who's making videos and putting stuff out online, um, we do have to deal with like this constant. I don't know balance what I have, why I'm keeping disconnected. Like, you do your best at a video or some piece of content, you put it out there, and there's just going to be factors outside of your control that affect how well that things perform, and that's just not that's not just in content creation. It's in all things in life. Like there are things you can control, and there are things you aren't can't control. And being able to compartmentalize those things and focus on them is like, it's very powerful. Um, Anyways, it's a fantastic interview. I might, I haven't read the book, but this interview made me want to, which I know what it was, that's what it was supposed to do. Uh, So once again, it's The Art of Manliness, episode 637, What Poker Can Teach You About Luck, Skill, and Mastering Yourself. It's an interview with Maria Konnikova. All right, well... If things sound a little different now, it's because we've been messing around with Zencaster for the past uh, 10 minutes. So, apologies for the technical difficulties. But uh, with that, Grant, where can everybody find you?
1: Well, you guys can find me on uh, thegrantalexander.com. I fixed the website so it works again. Yay.
0: Woohoo. Adam, newly audioed, where can people find you?
2: <laughs> so, you can find me at com, and that has links to all my socials.
0: And you can find me at Morley Kurt everywhere. Once again, thank you so much for watching. And if you like the show, tell a friend. We would really appreciate it. Goodbye. Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs>